listening to Hope Signals with Mark and Susan Mason, the podcast of Life on the Verge Ministries. Hope Signals is a podcast where we offer practical principles and motivational insights aimed at helping people navigate their hopes and dreams. All right, here we go with part two of Breaking Out of the Blues Box. Um, you know, we all get the blues. I, I talked uh, about the blues box as a scale that guitar players get, get stuck in. And uh, even though a lot of great music comes out of that scale, uh, we can get trapped and feel like we're in a rut. And I know you're not all guitar players, but we, it's the same with life, right? Is that we can feel boxed in by circumstances. And, uh, you know, we, th- we all thrive on the cookies of life, don't we? We thrive on the new thing that comes in, the, the changes and that kind of stuff. And when it just feels like life is wearing on the same old, the same old, it's easy to get the blues. And especially in this crazy world that we're living in where, you know, you can log on to whatever social media platform and it looks like everybody else is having the time of their life while I'm just going through the same old, same old. The fact is we all get the blues. Matter of fact, let me give you your, your homework assignment is Psalm 73. Read Psalm 73 when you get the blues. I tell inmates this all the time. Read it in its entirety. Here was a man of God, a worship leader, Asaph. Um, read it slowly. Study it when you get the blues. I probably did a podcast on Psalm 73. It's one of my favorites of how he broke out of the blues box, but boy, he was in it. And part of the reason he was in it is he was looking at what everybody else had and what he didn't have. And uh, so anyway, we're in part two. In part one, I talked about staying ready. That's my my theme for the year is stay ready, stay full, stay busy. Um, I believe those three things will get us out of the blues box. And so I went into kind of more detail uh, about staying ready last week. This came from a sermon I preached at Hope Community Church, which you can find on their website, Hope Community Church in Hedgesville, West Virginia, if you want to watch the sermon. But that was kind of abbreviated compared to this podcast where I have a little longer to run my mouth, which, by the way, January 20th will be one year that I've been running my mouth to you guys. So thanks for listening and thanks for the feedback. I get occasional feedback, which is wonderful by the way. Um, we, we all like to get a little encouragement. When you guys get something out of it, it just keeps me going because I've been tempted a time or two to just say, well, maybe this is just something that I I you know I, I need to put down because I got other things to focus on. But then a word of encouragement comes in that somebody's somebody's getting helped, you know, uh, getting blessed and able to take uh, the next step or, or whatever. So we keep going. January 20th, one year anniversary of Hope Signals, the Life on the Verge podcast. All right. So stay ready, stay full, stay busy. Um, let me let me tell you real quick. Um, you know, I heard a preacher say years ago about vision casting. He said, never let folks forget what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Now, that right there is worth the price of admission today. <laughs> Um, if you're trying to get a business off the ground, if you're trying to get a ministry off the ground, if you're trying to build a team at work, if you're trying to build a team at church, if you're trying to do anything that rally to rally people around you and what you feel uh, you're called to do or you're supposed to be doing, um, 
those three things. Don't let people forget what you've done, what you what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Now, I, I'm I'm saying that because before I get into today's word about staying full, um, I want to let you know what we. When I say we, I mean we as in everyone that supports life on the verge and what we do. Okay, um, and I don't mean just. Just us. And as a matter of fact, the preacher that said this was referring to we as in the church. This is what we've done. This is what we're doing. And this is what we're going to do if if God makes a way. And so what we've done uh, over the past almost 10 years is reached over 100,000 inmates in person um, with live events in prisons. And I'm all about video, which is what we're doing right now. We don't really have a lot of options. You guys have helped us this past year purchase a new computer, um, purchase uh, uh, new camera equipment. And all, all that we had to add was we had to just mix in the hard work. Um, you've helped us build a team out in West Virginia. And when I say us, I mean I had one person that was interested in helping us do what we're doing, and they built a team now of 15 people that that is boxing and putting together all of the resources. We've sent out four shipments so far to 100 prisons across the country, shipments of uh, books and videos and music, stuff that we've created in-house in our own home studio, uh, video-wise. Uh, just basically doing, giving them what we get on the outside from streaming church services because they don't have visitors and and uh, ministry going into prisons right now, and so that's what we we've done and what we're doing right now is we're recording new music uh, for new projects, and so thank you for helping us get that done. These songs will be used to build bridges, not just in prison. We, we've been able to build bridges outside of prisons and connect with people. Music is such a fantastic tool. And so, uh, you know, we don't want to constantly be playing the same songs. God gives us new songs. And so we want to have the the old, but also the new. And so we, we will be going into the studio uh this week, as a matter of fact, uh, January 14th, 15th, and 16th, and then January 28th, 29th, and 30th. It'd be great if you'd pray for us. These are long days, uh, usually anywhere from 8 to 12 hours trying to you know, get all these parts recorded, and, and we thank God we get to do it. It's, it's, it's hard work, but it's work we love to do, and we're just praying that we, we capture what people need to hear from us in the future uh, through this music. And so thank you for supporting that. And what we're going to do, well, bless God, we're going to tour in 2021. We're going down to Florida next month, um, and we're going to be you know, meeting with some of our partners and prison chaplains and looking for open doors. We've got some administrative things to do down there and uh, strategizing with some other key musicianary people that we work with. And so then we'll ricochet back up to Virginia and uh, finish some other things we have to do with the Good Infection Project. And hopefully by late spring, maybe, uh, we've already got some churches and things we're going to be ministering at, uh, but we'll we'll be back in prison. Okay, enough of the public service announcement of what we have done, what we, meaning us, together, are doing, and what we hope to do in Jesus' name. So... 
Breaking out of the blues box, part two. Well, I talked about staying ready. I talked about how Jesus said that the cares of this life, the anxieties of this life can come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. And so what the enemy loves is that he knows he can't get us to renounce Christ or walk away from Christ. But if he can get us to doubt, if he can get us to fear, if he can get us to worry, if he can somehow choke us and keep us from being productive with this incredible treasure that we have in a jar of clay, I think it was Paul said that, that that we have this gospel which is like the treasure of God in this jar of clay, these these fragile bodies. Uh, If he can keep us from getting outside of ourselves and reaching other people, he's just as satisfied. And so not just the devil, I don't like to give him too much credit, just life, man. The sinful world we live in brings in pressures and things that that try to keep us from being fruitful. So how do we break out of the blues box? I talked about staying ready, realizing that in a moment, listen, I'm I'm sitting in my home studio and realizing that all around me are football players, um, you know, news announcers. Unfortunately, there's probably nude people doing unthinkable acts. Um, They're all around me right now in the air, but they're moving so fast, I can't see them unless I have a device to pull those signals out of the air and put them in front of me, okay? Now, think about that how crazy that is that we've invented that uh, as as humans. Well, I, I believe that God is light, that he moves faster than the speed of light, obviously, um, and that around us there are angels, there is a spiritual world, and there is going to come a day, in an instant for all of us, we're going to see it. Now think about that. Think about how temporal um, the trials of this life are. That in a moment, it's going to change. In a moment. So if I can just press through today, if I can just remind myself that all of these trials are temporary, that Jesus is returning, and uh, if if I don't get to see him from the earth, I'll get to see him from heaven because either he's returning or I'm leaving uh, soon and very soon. And so I talked about how you know Jesus gave the the signs. He one long conversation in Matthew twenty four and twenty five, and I'll get into the second parable. Well, the first part isn't a parable. Matthew twenty four, he's saying this is what it's going to look like when I come back. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be nation rising against nation, kingdom against nation. There's going to be diseases, pestilences, earthquakes, all sorts of craziness going on, and it's going to be like birth pains. There's always been those things, but it's going to get worse and worse and worse, closer and closer together. And so there's ample scripture to remind us that we live in the last times, plain and simple. If Jude could say that we were, he, the church was in the last days, which is a foundational scripture that I used last week, um, he said, let me go ahead and read that real quick. He said in verse 17 of Jude, there's only one chapter, you must remember, beloved, the prediction of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, that means 
He's saying, stay ready. There will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. That's about staying full. Keep yourself in God's love. Build yourself up in the holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. And then verse 22, have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire to others. Show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by corrupted flesh. That's about staying busy. And so I went through Matthew 24, but there's tons of scripture. There's books out there. Um, I don't like to get too preoccupied with, you know, all the things happening to convince me that Jesus is coming. Maybe that's your call. Maybe that's your ministry is to write books about that, to, to focus on that. That's not my specialty, but I do know it's true, and I do want to pay attention to it. And I do know that the church has gone from one end of the spectrum to the other. Back when I was a kid, they talked about Jesus is going to come any minute. I mentioned I have a book called Will Christ Return by 1988. Hal Lindsey wrote a book called The Late Great Planet Earth, which was all about the return of Christ. And we almost became hyper you know, um, about that topic. And we all got on the, you know, in the rapture bus stop, like we're all just waiting for Jesus to come into hell with the world. And, uh, and that was wrong. So the answer was to go completely the other direction where nowadays you, you just don't hear a lot of preaching about Christ's return. And uh, it is going to happen. And so uh, there's tons of scripture, man, if you study it, um, and, you know, the day and age that we live in, obviously, you know, control buying and selling, uh, massive destruction, we're more capable than ever of fulfilling many of these scriptures. And uh, we shouldn't be fearful of that. We, we should realize that our redemption draweth nigh, the Bible says. Jesus said that. You know, when you see these things happen, know that your redemption is drawing nigh. And so we should get the most we can out of this life, walk in the fullness of abundant life that Jesus has promised us despite the sinful, crazy, nasty, off-the-wall world that mankind has created, what we've done to God's creation, we should still be living an abundant life and being productive and doing the best that we can, but realizing this world is corrupt. This world is full of sin, and it won't be until we leave this world that we truly understand the goodness of God and all that He has prepared for us. Okay, I'm man, I'm too much coffee. All right. So stay full. That's where we're at now. Stay ready. Stay ready. That's where I'm reminding myself. Stay ready. Look, Jesus is coming back. Just like he said, this gospel will be preached to all the world. And it happened. He said, I'm coming back. He is going to return. So I keep that in perspective, but then I stay full. I want to remind myself to stay full. Stay full of what? I've been accused of being full of a lot of things. Um, but what I'm talking about is what, what Jude said, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Full of Holy Spirit, full of God's love, full of hope, full of the Word of God, which is where I really, really want to zoom in uh, on the Word of God factor. But let's look. Okay, Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, this is what it's going to look like, guys, when I come back. These are the signs. This is what it's going to look like. Be ready. 
He goes straight into this parable, Matthew 25, verse 1. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourself. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, on the surface, you know, what's all this about virgins and oil? And I think what Jesus is saying, at least part of what he's saying is, look, there's going to be people that stay full, that have enough oil. You know, oil is often symbolic of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. There's going to be people that have a consistent relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. And then there are going to be people that don't. And I'm coming back for the people that are ready, the people that are that have I have a relationship with, the people that are fellowshipping with me. And so he's saying, stay full of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, the context of that, or the I guess the tense of that verb filled means to be continually filled. That we're to have a current and consistent relationship, you know, uh, with God through the Holy Spirit. You know, when we come to Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. He is in us. He takes up residence in us. He's the one that convicts us. He's the one that leads us and guides us if we allow. You know, his spirit, our, our, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden light. The yoke being, you know, the, the way that he kind of gently tugs at us and says, go this way. That word yoke is like two oxen being yoked together at the front of a cart and pulling a load. And Jesus is saying, you yoke yourself to me and I will, I will lead you gently. I'm not going to jerk you around the way the devil does when he gets us, you know, trapped by sin. I'm going to lead you, it tells us in Galatians chapter 5, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. This is the way we're to live our lives. And so this is what Jesus is saying. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. I believe a big part of that is to stay full of the Word of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, we're told to put on the full armor of God. And I encourage you to read that whole whole passage in, in verse 10 through 18. But in verse 17, he says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Let's back up. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, it is the offensive weapon that God gives us to strike down the lies of the enemy, to strike down the, the feelings that, that, that this flesh you know, is constantly battling against. We can use the Word of God as a weapon. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It is critical that we stay full of the Word of God. You know, 
man, think about it. Okay, Martin Luther, those that know who Martin Luther is, the father of the Reformation, he was this uh, Catholic priest, a monk, and uh, he saw corruption in the church. He, he saw where the religious leader, he was a student of Scripture, which I think was largely, you know, in Latin and in these high languages. The common man didn't have Scripture. Only, only religious leaders did. So the common man had to go with what the religious leaders told them Scripture said. So Martin Luther, he's reading it, and he's going, you know what, you guys are really twisting this stuff. You're saying things that are not in Scripture, and the people don't know any better. So he began to rage against this, and obviously made him a fugitive. And while he was in hiding, he translated the New Testament into the common tongue. I guess it was German. He was German. He translated it into the common man's language. And then around the same time, this dude named Gutenberg invented the printing press. Surprise, surprise. You know why God created the Internet or allowed us to discover and create technology like we have it? The same reason that he allowed Gutenberg to invent the printer while Martin Luther was translating scripture into the common man's uh, tongue. All of a sudden, pamphlets and, and copies of the New Testament, and it, it now it was in production. Now the common man could read what scripture actually said. Many people were put to death. Many people suffered persecution for coming against the powerful Roman Catholic Church, which had gotten too entangled with the government back in those days uh, and become this huge political force, all right? Nothing against the Catholics today. Listen, we all love Jesus, but we all, <laughs> all we're messed up people, Protestants and, and Catholics, which, by the way, the word Protestant, maybe you didn't know, comes from the word to protest. So those that aren't Catholic were protesting against the Catholic Church. That's why we became to be known Protestants. So there's a little church history lesson. But the point is, is that what excuse do we have today to not stay full of the Word of God? My Lord, we all have it in our fingertips, our phones, our computers. I mean, you can go buy a copy of the printed Word. It's everywhere. There's no excuse for us not to know what God has said. And I realize that you know, so many people, they don't study the Word. So they take things out of context. They take some random scripture and go, this is how crazy the Bible is. They don't realize, first of all, the Bible should be read through the lens of Christ, who is the fulfillment of the law. You know, it's the, all of scripture points to Christ, the fulfillment of the Messiah, the one that would build a bridge back to our Father that would pay for the redemption of mankind, our sinful ways. And so when we read the Bible, we've got to read it through the lens of Jesus. We've got to kind of read it from the New Testament back into the Old Testament. And still, there are hard things to understand, but we, we come with, you know what, I'm going to act on what I do understand. I'm going to act on what you have said, and I'm going to trust that as I walk with you, I'll gain more understanding. And that's been my experience. There were things that, there's things I still don't understand, okay, but there's much I do understand today that I didn't 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, that I understand more today. I have perspective because I trusted God based on what I did understand. Listen to this. We're talking about staying full of God, Word of God, and why that's vital and important. I mean, it gives us something to contrast our feelings against. If we're feeling the blues, if we're feeling fear, if we're feeling worry, we 
know scripture and we if we know scripture rather and we know how to use it we can combat against these feelings you we can you take that that two-edged sword and and divide what is my soul and what is my spirit and choose to walk in the spirit so um, listen to this it tells us in first Thessalonians uh, just talking about stay ready stay full. All right, this is another passage, all of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul is talking about the coming of the lawless one, which most people um, consider that to be the Antichrist, uh, also talked about in the book of Revelation. He says, The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. And all the ways that the wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Now listen to this scripture, man. This is heavy, heavy stuff. Verse 11. For this reason, what reason? Because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. It's saying, look, look, because people refused the truth, because people refused God, because people refused what he did through his son, that God will send delusion and they'll believe a lie. I want to be a lover of the truth, which is the word of God. I want to be a lover of the truth, which is Christ. And, and, and I want to have fellowship with God. And, uh, you know, man, that's just a heavy scripture that, that people, because they refused to love the truth, God is going to let them believe a lie. That's scary stuff. Anyway, uh, I, I don't completely understand it, but God is God, man, and and that's what He said. <laughs> and so uh, let me let me go, let me back up to some more practical things because this is starting to sound a little too uh, apocalyptic. Um, how does this staying full of the Word of God, staying in step with the Holy Spirit, staying full? How does this relate to dealing with the day to day trials that I'm going through? Well, you know, your body is a product of every meal you've ever eaten, yet you can't remember every meal you've ever eaten. You can probably only remember a few. And Scripture kind of acts the same way. As we feed on it, we can't remember every, but we've built a spiritual life and fortitude from those spiritual meals, okay, so that when trials come, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. And so just I wanted to share one example because someone triggered it in my thinking. I don't know. Somebody sent me an email or something. Oh, someone was talking about uh, one of our listeners, a wonderful, wonderful uh, couple, uh, wonderful man of God that's helped us a lot to do what we do, um, Is uh, was contemplating some employment in a place called, I think it's Buford, South Carolina. Um and it reminded me of a story. I'll close with this, so bear with me. I might go over 30 minutes, but listen, this is this is just how this works, okay? So Susan and I have launched Life on the Verge. We're in this 1989 leaky camper that's rattling down the road. It, it leaks when it rains. It's got all sorts of issues, but it is our home. We don't have a home other than this little box we're cruising down the road in. Um, it's being towed by a 1991 Chevy van. A one-ton van with a lot of power, but absolutely no bells and whistles at all. The seats don't retract. 
everything is is analog. There is no digital nothing. There's no automatic locks. There's nothing. You sit straight up like a bus seat, and we travel the country in this thing. So we're cruising down. Uh, this is early in the life of Life on the Verge. We're headed down to uh, Florida, I think, uh, or Ocala, to do some prison ministry. Now, from Ocala... We are going to be going out to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally and then going to the far side of the Rockies in Montana to do some ministry out there. So, man, we all at Montana prisons, so we have thousands of miles in front of us. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? Listen, we're leaving Virginia, and we're going to Ocala, and we're going from Ocala to Sturgis, South Dakota. That's a long way, people. And then we're going all the way to Montana from Sturgis to the far side of the mountains in Montana is a long way, too. We left home with $1,000 in the Life on the Verge account. (laughs) We got no secret retirement. We got no IRA. That's what we got. We got $1,000. That's what we have. But praise God, we we got a house to live in, our, our little camper. And wherever we, you know, break down or wherever we are, if we run out of money, Lord, if we run out of money, then that's where we'll sit and we'll contemplate what we did wrong and what we're supposed to do from here. And I don't recommend that you take these kinds of risks unless you clearly feel the call of God, but we did. And so here we are, we're leaving home. We get to right outside of, uh, I think it's Beaumont. Is it Beaumont or Buford? Anyway, South Carolina. And uh, I should remember because the transmission blows up in the van on I-95. In the middle, there is a section of South Carolina that is virtually the middle of nowhere. We were almost to the exit where I was like, when it started going, and I was like, oh, Lord, let me get off the exit, but I didn't. It broke down on the side of the interstate. It was 105 degrees outside. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, <coughs> what do we do, Lord? I mean, I got two. I've, I've broken down before and had to have my vehicle towed, but I got a 29 foot camper behind me. I got three chihuahuas with me that are gonna. They're gonna roast. They're gonna die from the heat. Um, what What do we do? And so I I got on the. I mean, our phone signal was weak, uh, but I was able to get. I think I I didn't have internet. I couldn't get a, the internet to come up, but I was able to uh, call. I don't know if I called the local police department or what, but I I got a hold of somebody that was going to come out and, and tow us. And eventually they came out. They brought two different vehicles out um, to tow the camper, one to tow the van, which got towed to a local transmission shop. Now, let me say this about the three hours that we sat on the side of I-95 in the blazing heat. When the, when, when the record driver showed up and they were loading my van up, I was wearing flip-flops and shorts. You know, it's very, very hot outside. I had my first adventure with fire ants. I'd never been attacked by armies of fire ants, which is what they apparently do. Um, I was standing in a sandy part of the ground off the, the side of the interstate there. And apparently, well, not apparently, this is for real what happens. You get like a hundred of them on each leg and then... I don't know how they. somebody blows the trumpet and they all bite at the same time. My legs are on fire. I guess that's why they call them fire ants. I'm dancing all around. I'm like, can this day get any better? <laughs> but you know what was going on through my head through all of that? I mean, there's a, reason, there's a lot of reason for the blues right there. But what was going on in my head 
was a scripture. One, it was about God. God tests our motives. I couldn't. I couldn't think of the number, the reference, but I knew it was biblical. I knew that God tests our motives. That am I in this to just do my own thing, or am I really in this to to minister to other people in desperate, you know, a desperate situation? Because we loved what we were doing; it was exciting and everything. But am I in this for for others? What's where's my motives at? Is am I in it to glorify God? That was part of it. And then there's a scripture, and I think it's in Hebrews eleven or twelve, um, where where uh, it says God disciplines those He loves. Now, not discipline as in punish. He coaches. He stretches our capacity for the trials of life so that we can do more. Well, those thoughts sustained us through that. Like I never, I never got mad at God through that. Those scriptures came to my mind. This is why it's important to stay full. You never know when you're going, when God's going to need to draw up. The Holy Spirit's going to need to draw up scripture like that. How'd the story end? Well. We went. We got the camper towed to a KOA right there off the interstate, uh, down the road a piece. The van went to the the shop, and we literally back then we had very few donors, but we put out a word on Facebook. We put out word on uh, email. Hey, help! Here's where we're at. What we hope to do, but we're not able to do because this is what happened. Well, let me just say that that more money came in to Life on the Verge uh, that month than had ever come in before up to that point since we had launched. We were back on the road in three days with enough money to have a brand new transmission to make it to Ocala, to make it to Sturgis, to make it to Montana, and to make it back to Virginia. God used the trial to bring the triumph. If we had not had the broke down car, the transmission, all that, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and called according to his purpose. He used the very thing the enemy thought would discourage us to empower us and to provide a way for us to accomplish the mission. But staying full of the word of God was critical. So stay ready, stay full, stay busy. We'll get to stay busy next time. Have a great week. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Be encouraged. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. And I pray for those that are listening that maybe are, are in a blues box right now, God, that you bring scripture to their, their memory, to their remembrance, God, that they would realize that you're there with them. You'd, you'd bring scriptures they've heard in sermons. You'd bring scriptures they They've read through the years to their uh, remembrance that you are there and they would wield the sword of the spirit against those feelings of fear or doubt or anxiety or the blues. And they would realize that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And even in the midst of trial and tragedy, you show yourself mighty and faithful in Jesus name. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for listening to Hope Signals. You can learn more about us at lifeontheverge.com. We're a completely donor-funded ministry that carries the good news to prisons around the United States. You can help us by sharing this podcast, by partnering with us with a tax-deductible gift at lifeontheverge.com, or by even talking to your leader or pastor about having us come and minister at your church or your business.